0: Hi friends, welcome to the Bible Project daily broadcast. The Bible Project is simply a strategy for us to work together through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Now if you've joined us today for the first time, it's worth telling you that I always keep a transcript of each and every one of these talks and they're available. You can access them by going into the episode notes section of any audio version. Of the podcast so it doesn't matter what platform you're receiving this audio version from it's hosted on Buzzsprout but available within the main podcast on any platform whether it be Spotify Apple Google or even Amazon podcast within each episode, there is an episode notes page and within that you'll find not only ways of connecting to the Bible teaching that I do in different formats But there should also be a transcript page with full content of what I have said today. And I'd like to remind you that all these talks and all these transcripts, they are free for you to use in whatever way you want. A credit is always welcome. You can use them, you can reconstitute them to do your own Bible study, or you can even use them to help you prepare sermon notes or sermon outlines of your own. Please take them, use with them, run them with them with my blessing. Now, if you happen to be watching the video version on either Facebook or YouTube, there'll always be a direct link to the audio. Uh, and from there, of course, you can find this, this transcript and the other links. Links to the likes of my Facebook page or my YouTube channel where there is lots more teaching available. There's even a link to my sound design website where I create music and background sound scripts not only for this podcast but for other projects uh, that I'm doing. You may also be interested to know there's a link to my Patreon page where I do host exclusive content and make it available to my patrons. There are discipleship courses there. You can even study if you want over a more structured format to give you some help in how to prepare expository sermons. You see the patron place is the place that I like to place audio and video relating to other talks that I've given in secular environments. Uh, I always try and find ways of linking the Bible to go and meet people where they are and find an intersection point between the Christian faith and things like art, science, psychology and even mental health. But anyway, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me again. And I hope you're really benefiting on being on this amazing journey through the whole Bible together. I hope you're benefiting from making the Bible part of the rhythm of your daily life. As we are really well on the way now and studying together through the amazing Word of God. But well, that's it for now and we'll jump right back into the main text of where we are and the study itself. Now you'll remember we're into Genesis chapter 28 and this famous story of Jacob's dream at Bethel. And we've been considering over, I'm going to look at this chapter section, which is 11 to 22. It's probably gonna be three podcasts. So we're in the second one today. And the scripture has been, we've had the first hint of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, And this is of course happening here with Jacob hundreds of years, thousands of years before it actually transpires. Now, when you come to dealing with the matter of the coming Messiah, and you approach it from a biblical point of view, starting from Genesis through Revelation, it's a little bit like peeling the layers off an onion. First of all, the references seem a little vague or wrapped up in other things, but they gradually get more and more specific until it actually comes down. Even in the Old Testament, it begins to get very specific, telling us things like where the Messiah is going to be born, the fact that it is Bethlehem. You can't get more specific than that, can you? And it tells us that in the book of Micah. In Daniel chapter 9, it gives us the time of his arrival and it points to Jesus Christ. Isaiah then 53 describes in some detail the nature of his sacrifice and even describes the crucifixion for it. And it's unbelievable how accurate that is, written way back in Isaiah. Psalm 16 also gives us an insight into the fact that this Messiah is going to be raised from the dead. So by the time you've got through the Old Testament scriptures, you're beginning to have a clear picture that the Messiah is going to be born, He's gonna be born in Bethlehem and he's going to die for the sins of the world. But yes, he's even going to be raised from the dead. Now, God had already began to reveal that salvation promise the very beginning of it when he appeared to Abraham and told him that if he just believed, then it would be, be counted to him as righteousness. See, all you have to do today to be forgiven is the same thing. We've been given the gift and that gift is eternal life. All we have to do is believe. In the New Testament, we are told we simply have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he died, that he paid for our sin. And if we trust him for that gift, we will receive the gift of eternal life and heaven. So the first thing God did here to encourage his child to restate the promise he'd given to his father, to review it in a way and expand upon it I made some promises, he's telling Jacob here in the dream. I promised to give you the land. I promised that you will have descendants. And I promised that the whole world is going to be blessed through you. And that promise contained here in these verses 14 and 15 is one of the very earliest glimpses of the coming Messiah contained in the Bible. Now I'm suggesting that this occurs And this revelation occurs against the backdrop of Jacob, who deep in discouragement has the Lord appear to him in a dream and encourages him in this way. So here we have an insight into the way in which God chooses to encourage people. What does he do? He says, he comes to us and says, hold on, pay attention. Let me remind you of what I have done for you. Let me remind you of the promises I have already made to you. Now, the promise he gave to Jacob is not quite the same promises he gives to us today, but the principle is the same. The outworking of it is the same, friends. For example, when you get discouraged and you think your life's falling apart and your situation isn't very good or isn't coming to any Good, then it's God who sometimes will appear to us and answer our prayers, sometimes through the support of another believer's, and sometimes through the scriptures directly reminding us of his promises. Maybe that's what he's doing for you right now. Promises like that if you know me, and if you've trusted in me, and if you've trusted in my son, God said, I've made this promise to you that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes. That's a, remind, a timely reminder and a wonderful promise, isn't it? Notice right here, he doesn't say that everything is good. He says that everything is going to work together for good. And if you read this passage in the context within the book it was written, the good that is being revealed to us here in Romans is about us, been conformed, been changed more and more into the image of his son Jesus. So no matter what happens to us in this life, to those of us who have trusted in Christ, we can remember, we can cling to the promise that if we respond properly to the situations we face and continue to trust in the Lord, then it's going to not only work out for us, but it's going to work out to the good for us. We're at least going to become a little more like Jesus when all of what we're going through gets done. God's promised us that, friends. God's promised you that. So you can lean on that promise. Lean hard on that promise when you need to. Now, of course, that might not always make your circumstances change or disappear. But I'll tell you what, it should certainly help you when you're discouraged. When you're discouraged, when we're all discouraged, we tend to focus on what we feel we're losing. But when we cling on and are reminded and understand and live in the promises of God, we can be reminded of the big picture, which means we don't focus on the losses because we are reminded of what we can gain. God reminds us it's not all bad because we were going to get something out of this situation, no matter how bad it appears on the surface. And it says, look, in the fullness of time, God is telling us that things will really work out. So the first thing God did here was he gave Jacob a threefold promise. And I believe he does the same for us. The second thing he described is in verse 15. He said, I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to do. I don't want you to miss this, friends. I don't want any of us to miss this. The first thing he does is remind Jacob of his promise. But the second thing he does, he reminds Jacob of his presence throughout it all. Now this is the second time in the Bible that we've been told that that God has revealed his presence to people and reminded them of his continuing presence. The first time he did it was with Isaac, his father, and he told him that a few chapters back in 26 and he also did it with Abraham before that and later after that he will do the same thing for Moses and with Joshua and later with someone called Gideon. They will all hear the same encouragement of God i.e. the promise that he will remain with them in the future. This motif repeats again 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 in the Old Bible and in the New Testament Jesus said the same thing he said it to his followers and he said and he also said when he commissioned them and said that they were to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing those who come to me and teaching them and then he he, he summed up that great commission by reminding everyone and saying and lo I will be with you always even to the end of the age so god promises those people that know him and are working for him, that he will be with them until the very end of the age. So part of the way God discourages believers is he reminds them that not only will he be with them, but he was with them right now and he will be with them always. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't it encouraging to know, particularly if you're feeling alone or disheartened? Let's just turn for a moment to Hebrews chapter 13. Just for a moment because it repeats that same incredible promise in the New Testament. Hebrews 13 verse 5 tells us to keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with all you have because God has said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Now you may notice how that phrase is stated twice. It says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And the purpose of repetition in this way, in the Hebrew, is to make it really emphatic. This is the most emphatic statement of this principle in all of the New Testament. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's like us saying today, I am never, ever, ever going to leave you. I am never, ever, ever going to forsake you. That's the sense that has been trying to be put over here by the writers to the Hebrews. That's the sort of idea. So God says, I don't care what you're going through now. I just want you to know that I'm with you now. I am with you always and I am with you forever. That's the promise that was given to Jacob in the dream. And it must have been really deeply significant at that point. I mean, he'd just been kicked out of his house and his home and he's on the road by himself. He's fleeing the land, lonely, late at night, and there's nobody with him, and he settles down tonight, and clearly he must be feeling really discouraged and alone, but God comes along and says, let me encourage you, Jacob, and this is my encouragement. I am with you, Jacob. Now, would that encourage you if you were struggling, and the Lord came to you and reminded you himself that he is here now, right now, in the midst of your discouragement, he's with you? if he said to you I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until what I have done and I have done what I promised that's what he tells Jacob here and note right at the end the third things he tells him I will keep with you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this place back to this land and I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken about what he's saying is look What God is saying to us today is, look, I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to protect for you, and I'm going to bring you right back to the place you're meant to be. I'm going to bring you right back to the land, and in this case, the promised land. But in the meantime, don't worry, I'll stay with you no matter where you go. I will not leave you until I've done with you what I said I would do, which in this case was namely was bringing him back. Here to that exact point, to that exact place he had just fleed from. Think about that, he says, I'm going to give you the land, and he's telling Jacob that he's going to give him the land, because he promised it to him, but it's the land he's currently running away from. He's in fear that his brother will kill him if he ever goes back. And yet God says, Look, Jacob, I made a promise and I'm going to fulfil that promise. I'm going to protect you while you're gone, I'm going to provide for you while you're not in the land but i'm going to bring you back to this place one day so the way god encouraged him here was to remind him of his promise remind him of his continuing presence and remind him of his provision for protection and how he would fulfill that promise and he's offering that for us today too he's reminding us of his promises promises of our eternal security and salvation, of his continuing presence and of his continuing provision and protection for anything we might feel we might face in the future. And wow, isn't that great? So if you find yourself discouraged because you're looking at your current situation, at your current circumstances, and you might even be thinking, wow, this is about as bad as things can get. Well there's no question about it sometimes things can get tough but God says to us the same thing he is saying here in this passage to Jacob. He's saying what are you so discouraged about? I know your situation appears bad. I understand all that the Lord says but I promised and I still promise that later I'm going to bring you back from this situation. But whatever you're going through at the moment, whatever difficulties you face, in the meantime, I'm still going to be with you. Don't forget that. I'm going to take care of you until I can bring you to where you really need to be. And I'm doing that, the Lord says, because I said I would do it. So when you or I are discouraged, we can go to scripture And we can say the Lord is going to do what he said. We can be reminded that he's what he's going to do, what he said he would do in our lives. And what a great encouragement that should be. You know, I look at this passage of scripture and it occurs to me that Jacob needed encouragement, we need encouragement, and that tells me that we all need encouragement from time to time. There is a school of thought, you know, amongst all these various psychotherapists and talking therapies, that there are many different schools of thought. And if you are sent for counselling, the chances are you can be met with one of many different approaches to psychological therapy, many of which are very helpful. But one of the things I've discovered when looking at them is that the whole thesis that lies behind many All I would say of the successful talking therapies is that people, generally, it acknowledges that people are disheartened or discouraged and that they need encouragement. I think everybody gets discouraged and everybody needs to be encouraged from time to time. In fact, this may be a shock to you, but church leaders, pastors and preachers also need encouragement. We need to tell our leaders when they're doing a good job because many people only speak to pastors when they have a problem or when they disagree with something they said. And you know what? If someone as great in the list of patriarchs as Jacob needs encouragement, then that tells me none of us should be ashamed and we should always remember that all of us need encouragement. God here encourages Jacob by reminding him of the promises he'd made to him and he tells him you know what just hang in there Jacob and he's telling us today if we're struggling to hang in there that's what's going on here it's as simple as that now he used a dream in this occasion because remember the holy scriptures hadn't been canonized and written down at that point so he uses a dream and the Lord communicates to him that way but the important thing to note is Jacob responds to this encouragement He takes it, but he responds to it. He responds to what God has revealed to him on this occasion. And his response is really interesting. But we'll come back together and we'll look at that in the next episode. Okay, friends, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you find found that helpful. I'd like to remind you of my Patreon page where there's access to lots more of my teaching, including some uh, long form teaching that I've done alongside some discipleship courses and things like that. On the Patreon page, there's access to Bible study materials where you can even choose to develop your ability to preach and go through the Word of God, as well as other material I'm putting on there relating to theology and church history. I'm in the series of creating this uh, series based on creating expository for preaching as well as other stuff about Christian thought and church history. And appearing over the next few months I'm going to be providing links to some of the longer talks I've done in secular environments where I've tried to find ways of intersecting the Christian faith and what the Bible says in areas of things like mental health, heart, psychology and they're all available for you to access on the Patreon website. You just sign up there and become a Patron in the knowledge that you're not only supporting my ministry, but you're helping making the Bible Project Podcast stay free for anyone who wants it. By becoming a Patron, you are enabling the podcast to reach more and more people, as well as getting an early access to everything I do. If you're enjoying the Bible Project Podcast, it's really helpful also if you can subscribe to it or share it or review it or like it on whatever platform you happen to be accessing it on. This enables the Bible study to be seen across whatever digital realms that you inhabit regularly and this really helps the Word of God and its life-changing power get out there into the lives of people. But anyway, I really hope you've enjoyed our time together today. And you're benefiting from having the rhythm of the Bible in your daily lives. And you know what? I really couldn't do this without you. So thank you. Thank you so much for your continued support and encouragement. And I hope I see you back here again very soon. It'll be for tomorrow for me, but whatever day it happens to be for you, I do hope that you'll return and stay with us on this journey on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.